Hey guys, welcome to another episode of SEO on Air. Whether you're just starting out with content marketing or you've been using the same approach for a while, it never hurts to revisit your content strategy plan to make sure it's up to date, innovative and engaging for your customers, no matter what stage of the funnel they are in, be the top of the funnel, mid funnel. I think you guys know already about these things. According to HubSpot, almost 70% of businesses are actively investing in content marketing in 2020. And hence, developing a strong content strategy is the need of the hour. Five years back, not many people were doing it, but right now everybody is doing it and there needs to be a strong strategy in place to make you stand out. Um, in fact, Dave, who's the ex-VP of Drift and CMO of Privy, um, he mentioned in one of his recent LinkedIn posts that if he has to hire uh, for marketing department, the first hire would be someone who can create content, be it blog or email, social, video, mm -hmm. podcast, etc. So to discuss more about creating an effective content strategy, we have brought in one of the best person who can answer the questions and um, special guest name is Miss Melissa Smith. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to our show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Melissa, the pleasure is ours because bringing a person like you who's, uh, I mean, the credentials are really excellent, you know. So the thing is, I'll give you guys a quick intro about Melissa in case if you're not aware of her. So Melissa is the founder and CEO of Marketing Eye and Robotic Marketer. And she's been in this industry for more than 20 years and working with small to medium sized businesses. And uh, the most important part is that she's rated as the top 10 marketer to follow on Twitter. And she's also top 100 influencer in entrepreneurship globally. And um, she has over 10,000 people reading her weekly blogs. And uh, in addition, uh, you know, I just missed out the main point. She's also, uh, she's also the editor of Adobe Insider. And um, she also has her own magazine, Marketing Eye Magazine. And um, she has over 20,000 followers on LinkedIn, 80,000 plus followers on Twitter. Melissa, you're awesome. Oh, thank you. I don't know how awesome I feel today, but thank you so much for saying so. Um, yeah. I just want to specify, like Adobe is an amazing content company. They not only develop some of the best technology in the world, they're also amazing at, techno um, at content. And I'm an Adobe insider. And one Great. of their content strategies is to have influencers around the world that talk about Adobe and their experiences with Adobe and customer experience as a whole. So if we're looking at companies that really do it well, I think mm -hmm. that's a really good example. Awesome. So Melissa, I have a lot of questions for you today. And um, <laughs> let's see how, how much you're able to help us with that. I'm pretty sure you're going to help us with a lot of things because these are pretty much uh, there and I know across the industry, the same questions still people are just trying to mm -hmm. find the right answers. So, so the first and foremost thing, Melissa, you know, most of the content strategy out there, they're pointed at, they're doing good. They're pointing at a target audience. They're trying to churn out content, but the end goal, and also the end goal is like usually introducing a product or a service. And, uh, but however, we have seen content strategies failing as the target audience find it less engaging. And uh, how can we ensure that the content engages with the target audience? That's actually a really good question because it's topical for any company that is engaging in content marketing today. Um, making content engaging is you know, obviously the primary goal rather than just putting up content for content's sake. 
So what people are really looking for is something that they actually resonate with. So if you think about your target audience, what actually resonates with them? What actually makes them want to listen, hear, um, feel, experience with your brand? And making sure that, that content really has that you know, connection point, that chemistry with the, the target audience that you've set out. Um, the idea of producing content for the masses is becoming more and more obsolete. So if you think about earlier content strategies, people were often just putting up content for content's sake and hoping that it really resonated with everyone. But really what the market's looking for now and our capabilities as marketers because of you know, analytics and because of different software that's available is about connecting on a one-to-one -one basis. How do you connect with your target audience so they feel like you're actually speaking to them? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that content marketers face. Um, yeah. You know, as a company, we really focus on analytics. So, you know, as you said before, you know, I developed a software called Robotic Marketer and mm -hmm. part of that software allows us to analyze what target audiences are actually interested in. You know, what are they doing online? You know, what are they reading? How long are they reading that for? Um, right. What websites are they going to? You know, what social media are they on? So all those things are really important to understanding your customer. You know, we have it at our fingertips. And there's lots of different other software out there that gives you little bits and pieces of that. And I think it's really important as marketers and particularly as content marketers that you take that into consideration when you're developing content. Are your target audience really interested in what you have to say? You know, is right. it going to resonate with them? Is it, is it the right, um, you know, picture with the content? Is it the right video? Is, it, is everything of high enough quality? All of these things are things that you really do need to think about. The other thing is how do we make it more interesting? And, you know, we're looking at a whole new era. Number one, you know, with COVID happening this year in 2020, people are spending more and more time online. They're wanting experiences online. They are needing to be educated online. They need to be entertained online. They need to be engaged with. They need to feel like they have a purpose for being there. How do we as content marketers make that happen for them? Um, I see a lot of companies now looking at things like augmented reality using that as part of their content to really integrate with their audience and you know, do forward-thinking marketing techniques to make sure that they are actually ignited by your brand, that they're actually interested in participating with your brand and interacting with your brand. So I think augmented reality really is you know, a way in which people are engaging more with brands and smart yep. brands are using new technologies as they come out. Um, further with that is the fact that Facebook, you know, Zuckerberg uh, launched at a conference in April, AR Studio, for, which is a development tool for AR, um, right. so that all brands can use it. And I think making that so accessible and making it easy to use is really important. Mm -hmm. You know, other ways to engage with target audiences, you know, with interactive content, you know, have quizzes. We know when you have a quiz, you're going to have a higher engagement level. 
Use calculators, use interactive visuals, use timelines, sliders, video, all of those sorts of things, very, very important to taking your audience on that journey with you as a brand. Absolutely. That's, that's great to know. That's great advice. You know, just adding, it's not just about adding a content, making it more personalized and making it more engaging by adding uh, videos, quizzes and all sort of stuff. So in fact, there's a mm. whole checklist out there, um, which I'm pretty sure you'll be having. So we'll, we'll be, so people who are listening to this, we'll be sharing that entire list that you guys can try it in your blog. Uh, as well as in your next content uh, marketing efforts. So Melissa, now when it comes to the content strategy, right? The, there is by default, the laziness creep in wherein, uh, you know, so for example, we take one topic and already a competitor would have done enough, uh, done enough writing about the topic. Yeah. So, so people tend to go straight in. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So people try to go straight in and uh, start, uh, you know, pitching their services or writing or marketing yeah. kind of a collaterals. So, uh, so mm -hmm. how wrong is it now? Is there any reason that, or, or is it fine about, uh, you know, going after since the competition has already covered it, we don't have to cover it. We can go straight into the marketing and refer a few sources about it. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, people are less reluctant to engage with brands mm -hmm. when they are engaging and unique and creative and bespoke. So if you're telling the same story that everyone else is telling in the same fashion, then there's no reason for them to engage with your brand online. Right. So that's one thing content marketers need to really think about. Is there a reason for our target audience to engage with us? Are they getting something from us? that they can't get anywhere else. So if you ask yourself those questions, you're able to, to really dig deep into what content is going to be interesting to your target audience. Now, right. in marketing, as you know, I mean, how many blogs have the top 20 ways to do content marketing? There's a lot. There's pages and Absolutely. pages on Google that you'll find with topics like that. So then the default of, of most people is to go to a brand that they already know. But if you're always yep. the brand that follows everyone else, they're always going to choose another, the brand that's the leader, the brand that's a thought leader in, yep. in that equation. So I think that's really important for people to remember um, when you're doing content marketing. The other thing is, your brand has a personality, whether you like it or not. And right. if you don't explore that personality and grow that personality and expand it in your content, then there's nothing authentic about your brand. So, you know, part of, we might be talking about content marketing and maybe in some shape or form, other people have actually talked about it before. But what is our brand personality? How are we actually explaining the best ways to um, do content marketing, the best way in which to engage your target audience, the best way to set up a content marketing strategy. You know, that is what makes you unique. And your conversation that you have around that and the way that you tell your story is very important to being successful, even though the underlying foundation of the content may be similar to another platform. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to platforms, that's where the uh, the main challenge is, you know, how to choose the right channel for the content strategy, mm -hmm. you know, so there are 
that's LinkedIn, that's Twitter. Yes, obviously you're 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 doing a great job already out there. Uh, but when when a business is starting out, what do you think is the best uh, you know channel for them to to experiment these things? Because when the website is new, uh, getting on Google, getting more traction for it might take a bit of time. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's so time consuming that people might give up right at the start. But there must be few ways around it where they can get instant exposure, thereby they can start yeah. seeing some results. So can you share us a few insights around choosing the right channels for the content strategy? Well, the first thing I would say is marketers need to remember that it's impossible to be everything to everyone. So be oh. something to someone. So mm -hmm. your target audience, for instance, I'm in the game of business to business. So my target audience primarily will not be sitting on TikTok. Now, I need to own my domain for TikTok but I don't necessarily need to be posting content every day on TikTok because it's not going to hit any of my target audience at all and it's not going to help my business grow. Um, every marketing department only has a certain amount of resources. They only have a certain amount of hours in which they can do marketing. They only have right. a certain amount of technologies that can help power their marketing. Um, so what's really important is to always remember where is your target audience spending their time and how do they like to be engaged with on that target audience. Now, I'm in B2B, as I, as I mentioned. Now, if I'm selling a dress, then it's fine for me to do posts on my Facebook, amongst my Facebook friends, for instance, and, and my audience on Facebook. But if I'm selling marketing consulting services, then if I'm sharing content on my Facebook, well, most people aren't going to be interested in it, not what they're you know, what they're there for. However, if I do the same thing on LinkedIn and I do the same thing on Twitter and on my blog, then it's going to be far more powerful. So if I'm looking at my business, I'm really focused on LinkedIn, Twitter and my blog. And if I've got more resources than that, then yes, you can expand past it. You would go to Instagram for branding. Um, you would go to Facebook because you need to be there and, and recruitment reasons. So really understanding um, what is necessary for your business and for your target audience and how do they actually like to be communicated with. I always say to companies, you know, obviously with deference to your resources and, and your financial capability, stick to things that you can be really, really good at um, and that will always be in your best interest. Another Absolutely. good example is years ago, maybe 10 years ago now, um, my company was getting a client a week from Twitter. So no other platform, okay. just Twitter. And I'd say that largely is because of how authentic our Twitter feed is. It has a very diverse range of content. It explores not just business and not just what services and products we offer, but it also explores who we are as a company. What type of culture do we have as a company? What are we interested in? And so people were making decisions to spend $30,000 each week based on the fact that they thought they knew us as a company and didn't need to meet with us because right. they knew who we are and were happy to sign. That is the relationship every brand wants to have with their target audience. So whether you're selling a dress or you're selling, you know, software or you're selling services, all of the, you know, you want your target audience to feel like they know you and they know what experience they're going to have when they're working with your brand. 
or buying from your brand. So, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. I say stick to you know, two or three different platforms and do it extremely well. And yep. that will make you far more successful than if you're trying to be everything to everyone. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head when you mentioned about the uh, about TikTok, you know, as a strategy for a B2B might not work out. Mm. But, you know, st- people try to waste time on it because they say, yeah, it's a growing marketing platform and all the other things. But, you know, like you mentioned, who's using that platform? You know, who's the audience out there? They're millennials. So mm. are you going to go and start uh, pushing your B2B service out there, then, you know, it's going to be a waste of time. And also, the like you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, work goes behind the scenes. It's not just even for a simple blog post, there's a process involved, right? Like choosing the keywords. The topic, yes, absolutely. A lot of effort goes in. And then when the content ends up in somewhere where nobody takes care of it, then obviously it's a bad signal yeah. to the whole effort. Right. So, so you're spot on. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that during the introduction, you did mention about uh, the robot marketer, the, the other tool that you have. I think it gives a lot mm. of information. Can you share more details about that? Yeah. So Robotic Marketer is an automated marketing strategy technology platform. So what it actually does is it firstly deep dives into your competitors. You know, mm-hmm. we want to know what our competitors are doing, what they're doing well, what's effective from a marketing perspective that they've been working on and what sort of results they're getting. Um, Mm -hmm. It actually helps us better understand our own businesses. Also, it's really important to understand your target audience. Our technology deep dives into that target audience and Mm -hmm. it actually understands, you know, what are, you know, are they on TikTok? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? You know, what are they doing when they're on these platforms? How do they like to be engaged with? And what does it really fit your demographic? You know, if you're targeting certain people, are they, you know, where you think they are or is the data going to tell us something different? So understanding your competitors, understanding your target audience, understanding what the business goals are of your organization. You know, if you've got a B2B business and you need to get 1,000 leads to convert, you know, right. 100 customers, then how does that actually occur? You know, how many people do you need to be marketing to to be able to achieve that goal? And our technology does all of that for you. And then it tells you exactly what tactics you need to deploy to achieve that goal. So what do you need to do as a business to be able to connect with your target audience? What messages do you need to be sending out to them? And how frequently does that need to happen? It tells you all of that. It's the complete blueprint of what you need to do as a business to achieve your business goals through marketing. Brilliant, Melissa. Guys, uh, we have to check this out. We'll be linking out to the tool. Is there any free trial available for that, Melissa, for people to test it out and... uh then see how it works no it's it's a it's for every company that really has opened their doors you know if Mm -hmm. you have a business plan you need a marketing strategy so Mm -hmm. um it's not really a trialing type of technology it's a technology Mm -hmm. that people understand if you open Mm -hmm. a business you need to be marketing your business rather than doing Mm -hmm. marketing that you know you throw marketing up against the wall and hope it sticks you're doing marketing that's actually targeted at your audience okay. with the right messages at the right time with mm-hmm. the right frequency. And okay. that's what that technology does. So 
Yeah, it's not, it's not really a trialing type of technology. It's absolutely mm-hmm. a technology that companies who want to be successful, who've got goals in place, use to be I... able to realize those goals. Perfect. So hope someone who's interested on it can really reach out to you. We'll be linking out to the tool anyways, so people can check that out. Now, Melissa, when you mentioned about, uh, you know, the content ideas, right, well, for these uh, various yep. different platforms. So what are some of the best practices that you follow to shortlist the best content ideas for your target audience? So I think the first thing you need to do is you need to have a goal. What is that content need to achieve for you as a business mm-hmm. um, and then you look at okay what is our what is our brand story what is our personality of our brand what's important to us but then what is important to our target audience and how do we connect the two um, creativity is really important um, having really good images is really important making sure that you're building you know a solid content strategy and content that really has substance to it and reinforces everything that you say. Um, mm-hmm. The right image or the right videos, you know, having poor quality images is a big no-no. Um, using the same Shutterstock images on every single post that every other company's using, clearly right. you're not going to resonate with the audience. Yeah. Um, making sure that you also leverage your networks. Like, who are your networks? How can you leverage them to connect with your brand and share your brand story and share your content that you've created? Um, Engaging in influencers, as I said, Adobe does this extremely well. They have a lot of influencers around the world that are in their ambassador program, Adobe Insiders. And what's really interesting is we're not paid to talk about Adobe. We do it because we become passionate about it because that brand has engaged with influencers like me um, right. to be able to tell their story on a, a regular basis. And I think if you can find who are your influencers in your industry or in the business that you're in and how can they amplify your brand message and amplify your products and services that you're selling in a way that really expands your audience share. Um, you know, creating content that's on brand, on trend and relevant. You know, if you're talking about stuff that is really five years old, then perhaps you're missing the boat. You know, you're missing that connection with the audience that you need to. You need to be thinking, be forward thinking, be, you know, the leader of the path, to be unique in the way that you explore content and the creativity that you encompass in every content story that you tell. Um, So making sure that that's really much part of what you do is is very important. And also boosting posts from time to time. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, a post that really deserves to be shared isn't shared for whatever reason. And just by a little help along the way with a little boost, and it it could be as little as $50, um, can actually create a situation where that post may even go viral but you need to you know work out what is a good investment to be pushing out and what isn't so that's i think really important absolutely you know that small investment can go a real long way and also if you're starting out it's the must to do you know just pay and try to uh you know try to boost that post and ensure that you get your hard work done content in front of the audience so that's a great advice. So Melissa, about um, 
let, let's dive in into the, the content strategy itself in terms of the, you know, the usual content strategy that we follow for blogs is that we'll have a main pillar blog where it talks in detail about a particular topic. And then there will be a cluster topic, which I think the style which was introduced by HubSpot and a lot of uh, websites are following that same strategy. So is this pillar cluster style of content strategy is going to stay or is there, you see, is there any other way of approaching, especially for the blogs? Um, yes, I think so. I think it's here to stay. At the end of the day, um, your goal should be to create content that is relevant to visitors and mm -hmm. something that draws them back to your website on a regular basis. So the idea is to bring them back to your website as frequently as possible. Um, right. While having keywords in your copy is necessary, shifting your focus to owning specific topics will help better um, develop the content and increase your visibility across search engines, provide better perspective for visitors, and really connect your audience in, in a very different way. You know, HubSpot does a very good job. Um, they're renowned for the way that they produce content. You know, they became famous for content rather than the software that they sell. Um, and I think that in itself really plays kudos to that pillar cluster style of content and how well that's doing from a you know, SEO perspective and a, an ability to get your audience really entranced in the content that you're creating. Absolutely. And, and you, you, you get about 10,000 plus uh, readers every week for your blogs. So um, what was that aha moment that you got, you know, can you share us more uh, details about how you were able to achieve it, where you started yeah. and uh, you know, can you share us, uh, share with our audience regarding that? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, I started on, I think it was Blogspot many years ago when that first came out. Mm -hmm. And I remember my first post had 50 readers. Um, okay. I was like, oh, okay, this is really good. And 50 readers back then, I was thought that was exciting to me, extremely exciting. Right. And then I wrote another one and it had 250 readers. And I was like, wow, oh. this is like <laughs> great stuff. Um, right. And then my third one, I wrote something a little bit more risky, very opinionated, mm -hmm. but on topic and right. relevant. And okay. all of a sudden I got 10,000 people that read oh. that particular blog. Wow. Um, and then it really um, spiraled from there. Then I, by this stage, I've got my own blog and I wrote a, you know, I realized controversy really does ignite an audience, um, good and bad. And sometimes... Right. Um, having an audience respond to you in a passionate way, even though it may be against what you've written, is not the worst idea. Because right. one, it brings traffic to your website, it increases your search engine rankings, um, but two, it gets them talking about your brand. Right. So as long Absolutely. as you're not, you know, racist or any of these sorts of things, I think that if it's uh, if you've got a point of view, then, you know, it should be shared. Um, I realized I wrote a, a blog many years ago, um, what, um, how a woman can make a man more successful. And I laugh when I say that because mm -hmm. it is quite funny. Um, but, you know, if you read it, it's like, how do we make any person more successful? We, we pump them up. We tell them that they can achieve any goal that they set out. We make their lives easier. 
Um, But it was very much a tongue-in-cheek type of, you know, blog. And it it had more than a million people read it within a week. (laughs) And I think that that taught me a very valuable lesson. And then over the next year, it was another million. So we kind of got past 2 million people reading that one story. And then Ink Magazine actually picked it up as well. So it, it, it became something. But then week after, I'm like, well, I wrote that. I'm going to write how a, man, uh, how a man can make a woman more successful. Very controversial, as you can imagine. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, 800,000 people read it. And then over time, maybe 1.5 million people read it. And I think that made me realize that controversial topics really do have a lot of kudos. I then moved over to LinkedIn and I wrote, um, I'm not married, by the way, and I've never been married. And I wrote a blog saying why married women are more successful. Mm -hmm. You can't imagine how many thousands of people wrote the nastiest, nastiest comments on LinkedIn. But what that actually did for me was really positive because, Mm. you know, I had 76,000, I think, 76,000 people read it in like 24 hours. Um, And it became a thing and it became a thing that people remembered me for. Um, But it wasn't really saying too much. The story was fairly light in, in terms of what type of story it was. But it showed me how to be controversial without going too far, but to ignite people's passion and then realizing, well, how far do I want to go with that? How far do I want to push my audience? Now, over the years, you know, in my position, I've become more successful. So I don't have that time I once had Mm -hmm. to write blogs all the time. So I'm not getting a million people reading one blog like I used to. Mm But you know, things have changed, but that same learning and those same lessons that you get from that, you take with you. So if I have a client who really needs to have a spike, well, what do I do? I take right. a risk because the spike's not going to happen if you take no risk. Um, if they are really needing traffic to their website, well, then I have to say something that gives people reason to go to their website. So making sure your content strategy fits within your values, but don't be afraid to take some risks here and there because that is the point of difference. That's what makes a really good content strategy. It's those companies that are prepared to take a risk because they know what the outcome is going to be. Absolutely. And you know how to make things viral. These are like gold gold advice. Uh, This is really great. Uh, Melissa, actually, right now, I'm already getting a lot of ideas uh, for our own blog, because right now, guest posting is becoming too much of a hot, hot pudding these days for people to have a chat around it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but, you know, like you rightly mentioned, you know, the topic could be controversial, but to to a limit so that you don't go overboard it, but still can get and uh, I mean, the couple of case studies which you told me that, you know, one post and then a follow-up post about how men can make women successful. So those two back to back and with one million yeah. plus and another million. I mean, these are these are awesome stuff, Melissa. And, and it's not necessarily for just for B2C, even B2B brands, like I just mentioned. Now, 
anybody yeah. who's now talking about guest posting it's getting more traction because of google's thing and same thing for others as well so yeah absolutely it, it, it's yeah. great to learn it's great to learn from you these things um so anything else you want to share melissa i'm i'm done with my questions it was like a power packed <laughs> you know a lot of uh, strong takeaways um in fact after this podcast i'm going to just send this file to my team here listen to this works because yes this is what you know it's not about just creating a you know shortlisting few topics writing about it and then expecting people to to share it you know yeah. whether we are creating that content that is worth sharing and uh, that is what yeah. you know that's what is critical so um, awesome. i i think so, most importantly is mm-hmm. for people to remember you know the best content will always be what people engage in so right. you need to test right. you know content mediums platforms and disciplines like try different things um mix it up a little bit uh be disruptive use analytics to fine tune what you're doing and know what people are interested in with real data um and just don't be afraid like don't be afraid to tell a story but make sure it's one that fits within your values and your brand but you know the biggest thing that content writers have is this fear the fear of doing the wrong thing the fear of writing content that's not right or content that doesn't you know they think may not work but they're not willing to risk it all and i think sometimes you got to take a bit of risk to get some reward and content is very much like that so you know be if you really want to be successful you have to take a risk and be brave um as content writers and you need to have the power to do that so the other thing is you know CMOs and and business leaders need to give their content writers the ability to have um you know to take a risk to to try something that they've never tried before to do something that's a little different um and quite often they're suffocated because people at the higher level of management are saying no you can't do this and you can't do that and you can only use this word and you can't use that word and yeah. all these boundaries so what they end up doing is they keep on producing the same old boring content over and over again and then they right. wonder why their audience is dropping off and it's not working for them but hey Are you listening to your audience? Are you evoking emotion and passion and excitement and interest and education in your audience? And they're the questions that all content marketers should ask themselves. Absolutely. You know, that that's solid advice. Now, you know, give the content team the freedom. I think they'll deserve don't just uh you know tie them up with the brand guidelines and all the other things so that uh, you you keep getting the same audience again and again. so hopefully hopefully the business leaders uh, go through this and try to give more freedom to the content team and i'm pretty sure they'll be giving much more uh, better success than they are right now so uh, melissa thank you so much for sharing your thoughts My it's pleasure. been a pleasure to have you on our show we learned a lot i'm pretty sure whoever is listening to the show they have a lot of things to action on especially the topic ideas that you gave they are really awesome i hope uh, people take note of it and uh, and start exploring more on that and uh, peeps if you have any doubts or if you have any questions around how to create a perfect content strategy please feel free to reach out to melissa and team uh, we'll be linking out to her linkedin profile to her company page feel free to get more advice uh, just in the 20 minute session she has given tons of valuable information 
uh, feel free to fix up a call, um, have more understanding about building up a perfect content strategy. I'm pretty sure Melissa's team will be able to help you guys out. Cool. Absolutely. So thank you. thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you all for listening to the show. Feel free to share your comments and suggestions and we'll do the best as we can to improve it further. Thank you.